is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, August 7th, 2019, season 15, episode number 22. Welcome to latest edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California. Cowboys are, as you can see behind us, starting their uh, walkthrough. It's a little early for their walkthrough. They're doing something awesome. Yeah. Like, this is the good stuff, which, Blue like, flickers. you know, Jason, Jason Garrett probably doesn't want us looking back there. but Yeah, so don't look. It looks like they're meeting. Stop looking, Amber. They're meeting early to go over some finer points, and I would give Can't anything. I'd give anything to just be able to listen to it. It's but. probably good stuff. But uh, they have their walkthrough this morning. They'll be back on the field this afternoon for their normal practice at 3.30 out here at Pacific Time, for those of you that are in the area. If you want to come out and you're in the area, you only got a few more days. There's a practice today and tomorrow. Tomorrow's practice actually is in the morning. Uh, I think it's going to be at 1030. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and then there won't be another practice until next Monday, and they'll have practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, another morning practice on Thursday, and then we're out. It's we're heading to Hawaii. It, it happens like that. One yeah. day it seems like it's never going to end, and then the next day you're, you're packing up. Packing up. <laughs> So uh, we got a lot of things we want to hit today. We're going to talk about some injuries, one big injury uh, that happened yesterday for the Cowboys. We'll also talk, we'll play a little bit of game, uh, a little game called Tell Me More. I got some guys that are under the radar kind of guys. I keep getting, as I'm sure you guys, I get these messages on Twitter. Tell me something about this guy or this guy. So I've picked out a couple names of guys that we haven't really talked a lot about, and we'll go around and let you guys give some scouting reports on what you've seen from those guys throughout these practices here in Oxnard. Before we get, though, uh, to that, I want to talk a little bit about a uh, Deep Blue special that we got coming out today. Um, for those of you guys that may not have seen it, uh, we have a documentary we'll be uh, launching today at 3 p.m. Central Time, that's 1 p.m. Pacific, called Welcome to Switzerland. Uh, it was a documentary put together by Rob Phillips and Kent Garrison, and uh, it details Barry Switzer's time with the Dallas Cowboys. Really, really interesting story. Um, as you may know from the Deep Blue documentaries that we do, uh, I think they're all pretty good. But uh, it just goes a little deeper, tells you the deeper story from the guys who lived it. And, uh, and so that's going to launch today. Make sure you check it out. If you can't catch it live, you'll be able to watch it on demand later on our website, uh, on our mobile app, as well as on our connected TV uh, app on Roku, uh, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. All right. So let's jump in. Let's jump first on these injuries. Uh, catch us up to speed on what's happening with injuries. Obviously, Robert Quinn goes out yesterday with a fractured hand. What have we heard about that injury? Um, he's going to require surgery. I think it's going to be back in Dallas. And it's going to – I mean, he'll probably be able to play for the first game, but it'll be, you know, wrapped up or a club or whatever. I mean, those injuries typically it's a – you know, you can play maybe the next – depending on your position, maybe play the next uh, week or two weeks. But I think in this case he'll probably be, be – have it where he can get out there and play. Just another knock on the defensive end position. It's for, true. For that first game. I mean, as far as injuries that require surgeries go, it's probably best-case scenario. It's the same thing DeMarco Murray did to his hand, which I'm not a doctor, but it's like the metatarsal. It's not your fingers. It's down here. Mm -hmm. uh, had a gnarly scar when he did that, but he didn't miss a game. So I know it's a little bit different because you're using your hands a little bit more to play defensive end, wrapping in tape. I think, you know. I'm optimistic he can be available for week one in some form or fashion. But you're right. Demarcus Lawrence is still on pup. Tyron Crawford's still on pup. Randy Gregory is MIA. And now Quinn's basically done for the preseason. So more opportunities for the young guys. Yep. Talk to me about uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, he has the heel injury. There was there were thoughts that maybe he'd be back to practice yesterday. He was not. What are we hearing about his, uh, his status? Same. As far as I'm aware, I, it's – like we said, you know, is Jason Garrett always says, like, we're hopeful he's coming back. And I feel like when he says that, that means he's not coming back yet. But it's a it's precautionary. Yeah, you know, at this point, too, it's you, a lot of this stuff probably that's going on right now is, is getting ready for this game. 
you know, and to, to actually prepare to go out and play in a game situation. And I think you think that, he's gonna play this, and, and I don't. That's what no I was, that's way. Okay. So there's no point that's in rushing was, him back out. Right. That's kind of okay. what that's what okay, I was getting yeah. to. But but yeah, I, 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 that's why I don't think that you know, if it was just practice, and you're right. just going, maybe so. But it's like, all right, let's get these other guys. Make sure they they know. John V. Johnson's gonna be this call, this formation. Does he know where to line up and where to go? So I don't think there's any yeah. rush to rush him back. All right, let's jump into a little blanket coverage. I have a couple com- comments here. Uh, you okay, guys hold on, real quick. Sure. Who was it? Yes, I think it was yesterday that you said you dreamt about a player. I dreamt that they cut Robert Quinn. I yeah. was like in bed, so I had a dream about a player last night You've been too. Been here too long. AG. <laughs> I know, but I was like, <laughs> man, you mentioned about a dream about Robert Quinn, and then yesterday that happened to him. So who did like, you have a dream about? Oh, freaking kicker, Maher. Oh, no. I, it was a nightmare. It was, we were on the, we started <laughs> the season. A literal nightmare. Yes, it was bad. It, we started the season, and he kept missing every single kick. I'm just, I was losing it. It, it was horrible. It was horrible. I didn't like it. I can't even imagine what you were doing in the press box, just like everyone, like, <laughs> oh, my God, if he misses another kick. Mm, boy. <laughs> it sucked, but I don't know. I, I just, I believe, I, I believe in those that you have like certain dreams, like premonition or uh-huh. whatever, and the fact that you mentioned Robert Quinn and that happened. I don't mm-hmm. know. He, he missed two kicks yesterday. So let's keep an eye on these dreams yeah. that we're having here. Maybe yeah, they're watch out. giving us some. <laughs> Nick's not buying it. That look on his <laughs> face. No, I mean, I, that's that's fair. I mean, it happens. I, right. I'm trying to think what kind of like weird stuff I dream about. I really don't want to yeah. know. I really don't want to know. Blanket right, coverage. Let's, let's like do some blanket coverage. All right, I got a couple comments here for you guys. You fill in the blank. Comment number one, both rushers, both uh, both pass rushers, your best cornerback, your best offensive lineman, your best running back, your best wide receiver are all missing right now. My level of concern with this many top players out is blank. Dave. None. I feel no concern about any of that because it's all – uh, to quote the Joker, it's all part of the plan. Like none of, I mean, Quinn, Quinn sucks. But again, uh, you wait. Kn- <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> His injury sucks. So, you're right. I'm sorry. The Quinn injury yeah. sucks. Sometimes my brain gets out ahead <laughs> of my mouth. Right. The Quinn injury sucks. Robert Quinn is good. Um, but as far like, there's gonna be an injury that requires somebody going back to Dallas. It just happens. And if that's what the injury is, then they got off lucky. Like that's a good yeah, thing. Right. This so, is good. Yeah. So I'm not worried about him. I I remain convinced that Zeke Elliott is not going to miss any games. Amari Cooper's got a bruised heel like that. He's fine. Um, Demarcus Lawrence and Byron again. Yeah, like it's a little bit concerning, but we've known about both of them since May. Like this is part of their rehab plan. It's not some kind of curveball. Um, the only thing that really concerns me is that we still don't know if anything's going to happen to Tyrone Crawford in, in regard to NFL discipline. But other than that. I feel fine. Nick, level of concern is uh, none, and actually, it, it, it's more of of a positive thing uh, when you have players like this because we've seen guys carted off the field. We've seen Lucky Whitehead roll into Orlando Scandrick out here, and the season was over. That stuff happens and all that, but you don't want it to happen to your key players. And so, if I if you can give me two to to four week injuries, I'm okay with. I'm okay with two to four weeks. I actually think it's maybe even better if they are at the level where they don't need a ton of training camp reps. Zach Martin is in that. I don't know about Quinn. He's a veteran, but rush the passer. You know, he yeah. knows how to do that here. So I'm not. I'm not as concerned with with some of those because I feel like, like Dave said, they'll be back. Give me all the excuses to rest my great players. There you go, Amber. Level of concern is. I mean. Yeah, I am a little bit concerned. These guys are not, but I'm a little bit. And and this is why we were coming into camp feeling pretty excited about this 2019 Cowboys team. You know, very young players, a whole new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, what he can do. You know, all these exciting things happening. And, and yeah. I don't want to be disappointed. You know, when you get too excited, then the disappointment hit, like the low comes really low. So I'm just concerned about being another year of disappointment because of injuries, not necessarily because of the talent, because I think this is a really good year with what they're doing with the defense, what Kellen Moore could possibly do offensively. So for them to kind of, 
mess up the season because of injuries, then, yeah, that's going to be. Well, I think we're really saying the same thing. I mean, we're, we're just taking it to another level. Like, we're, we're, I, we look at those guys as saying be fine. they're not going to be carted off the field. Like, yeah. they're not going to have the what you're talking about, these major injuries. There's, there's four or five more guys that probably won't be having that. But, yeah, I think, like, th little things that spark up here and there, and obviously the Cowboys are very being very precautionary with all these guys. But, for example, Zach Marion, and he's back. Okay, question mark, what's going to happen in the season when he starts playing? You that's know, just little things see, that kind of pop that's here the and one. there. That's and, the biggest one. Probably. And, honestly, that it's not just that one. That one concerns me a little bit. But then, too, I've seen, and you guys have too, we've seen these scenarios where – you hear from the team, oh, it's it's fine. It'll they'll be fine. They'll be here for the the beginning of the season. I I just don't until I see it, particularly with those two guys that haven't practiced yet in Byron Jones and Tank. I'm I'm not I'm not totally secure in the fact that that's going to be where it needs to be. And then obviously the Zeke thing is a big question mark. We just mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen with that. So you look at all those, and that that means if you just want to isolate those four. You're talking about your best cornerback, your best pass rusher. You're probably your best player overall as, as your best running back and your best offensive lineman. And they've got, in my mind, questions that I think are legitimate going into the season. They do. The By Byron and DeMarcus, like I said, is like I've already processed all of that. You know, like we came into camp. That is not a new development. And so it is what it is. I, I haven't seen anything to suggest that they are not on the path that they're supposed to be on. So for the time being, I'll take it as I expect to see both of them at practice at the Ford Center. I would I mean, love to see it. And I, I, I kind of hope so. I'm hoping so. I just There's something in the back of my mind. And, and if you're we didn't smart have these to other feel injuries, that way. If we didn't have these other injuries, maybe I'd be a little more secure. Yeah. But when then when you start adding in, Zach's got a back, and Zeke's not here because he's holding out for a contract, that's when I start getting even more, like a little bit more concerned about it. It's, maybe I'm crazy. Like, I didn't – other than the fact that we have to talk about it for our jobs, like, I don't spend any time worrying about the Zeke stuff. Like, the other day, somebody asked me how camp was going, and I was like, pretty drama-free year. And they were, they were like, <laughs> All things considered. They were like, what are you talking about? Like, the running back's not – I was like, oh, yeah, but that that's going to be fine. Like, that'll work itself you know, out. That's actually funny when you talk to people back home. They're like, oh, my God. What's going on with Zeke? Like, and we're like, know, we've been out here every day. We don't even think about it on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis really other don't. than for the show. All right, all right. Uh, here's a second uh, comment I have for you guys. Injuries create opportunities, as Jason Garrett always says. Blank gets the greatest opportunity from the Quinn injury. Nick. Joe Jackson. Joe okay. Jackson. I mean, he, he's drafted. He's supposed to come in here and play, um, you know, get some reps. And they're going to give him the opportunities to do that, you know. Um I, I, there's a lot of guys. I don't want to mention you know because they they all could have different names. So yeah, I'll just fine, yeah. I'll just say that one. There are others, but I'll say Joe Jackson. Amber, I think uh, at the defensive end position, you know, a, a guy that I I'm excited about is Dorian's Armstrong. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see how he takes the opportunity and shows you even more. He's been showing splashes out here, and and mm -hmm. that's great. Now another guy is well, Taco who has started doing certain things for you where, yeah, it's not to the level you, because of the expectations, first-round pick, blah, blah, blah. But he's starting to do certain things, and, and that's exciting, I guess, because that now or never, you got to mm -hmm. turn it on now. So, But main guy, Dorrance. You mentioned Dorrance Armstrong yesterday in the compete period, and that's a period of practice where Cowboys, they come up as a team. Jason will call out two guys. Uh, that he wants to match up one-on-one -on -one and in front of the whole team. They got to compete. And uh, Dorrance Armstrong yesterday called him up with Lyle Collins, against Lyle Collins. First time he beat Lyle, the next two times Lyle got him. But what was interesting to me is the fact that Jason called him up to, to go, go against Lyle in front of the whole team. That suggests to me, and it's just my opinion, it suggests to me, that the coaches are seeing something they really like in Dorrance Armstrong, and they're trying to and see if he's ready to take that next step to now be up there with the starters. And he's probably going to get some opportunities now with, with Robert Quinn and with uh, Tank out. And that was before Quinn's injury. Right. All right. Who's your guy? The guy that nobody else wants to talk about, Kerry Hyder. Yeah. He's that's another a, one that's falling. Uh, I thought about him. Other than Tank, he really is the only guy on this, you know, as talented as it is, he's the only guy that's really put together, like, this impressive sack total season. Eight with Detroit two years ago. Um, Dorrance has been great. 
everybody should be hyped about what we've seen from Dorrance Armstrong in this camp. Taco is getting some work and actually did some nice things yesterday. He beat Tyron Smith and um, he got a sack in team period. But Hyder has been working on that right side, which is where Quinn has been. So that I, I would assume that means more reps for him. And Absolutely. I just think people sleep on him as a veteran who has done it and who I like his odds to be on the team. Yeah, I so. love I love what they've got as far as depth on this defensive it's line. It's pretty right crazy. It is, it's crazy how much talent they've been able to amass on that defensive line. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to play a little Tell Me More. i got some names I'm going to throw out to you guys. You're going to tell me what you've seen from them out here at training camp. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers secrets stories and more what's steven jones thinking during a game what's joe looney's favorite pregame meal we take your questions to cowboys players and coaches and you can hear the answers directly back to you just say alexa open dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk extra and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live in Oxnard, California. Cowboys practice will be uh, taking place this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. At 3 o'clock p.m., I'm sorry, that's 3.30 p.m. Pacific. At 1 o'clock Pacific, though, we will be releasing our new documentary, Welcome to Switzerland. Make sure you check that out. I think you guys have all seen it, right? I haven't. You I'm have looking not forward seen to it. it. Nick, you've seen it. I know I, you've I've seen, seen it. you know, the first 30 minutes, but but then there were some edits and stuff that yeah. I haven't really seen all of it. I know I watched it while I was on vacation, and it was I thought it was really well done. So I'm looking forward to you guys all seeing it and being able to give us some feedback. Yeah. We got some others coming up, too. I know Nick has one I'm really excited about seeing. It's going to be the final one we do this summer uh, called uh, The Late Hit about Roy Williams, yeah. the safety. Really, really good topic. Nick's been selling me on this one for like three years, <laughs> and then we finally were like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm telling it's going to be great. I'm telling you, the, the thing about that is – and which is interesting because there's if I if you were to say what's the one player over 20 years of me being here that I've had some kind of <laughs> issues with I would say number one it would be Roy Williams <laughs> and so yet we've done this and there's not been one person that has been more accommodating through the yeah. entire process of of Deep Blues than Roy Williams it's been outstanding uh, so I'm really excited about how how it's all going to you know work yeah. together here. seems like you guys have kind of developed a little friendship over this. It was never anything big anyways. It just kind of was. He, well, he didn't he, like he was one of those guys, and, and a lot of players are this way too. They they just don't really understand what are we doing. Why are we wearing this exactly. and still and, saying and, that they suck? And right? you're on you're on yeah. the same yeah. And by this, we're in the star. We're in the Cowboys star, yeah. 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 We're on the charters and on the buses specifically, on the buses, <laughs> um, where it's just like, what what are you doing? Right. And then you, you guys just said that I wasn't playing that well. Right. Well, you weren't. But – you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Yeah. It's almost it's like family. It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, your mom's not supposed to say that you're you're not doing very right. good. You it's, know? A, it's a fun line to walk every day. But it's the tough. interesting part is, and what this happens a lot, I found in my years, the guys then retire, and then they see you, and they're like, hey, man, what's up? And it's all of a sudden, it's like all's forgotten. It's all good now. 
now I'm not having to deal with that anymore. It's all good now. Especially you know? half of them are trying to break into the media. And well, that, that right, also so helps, right? Yeah. That also helps. All right, so let's play a little game here. I got a game called Tell Me More. Um, I've been hit getting some uh, some tweets about just different names of guys that are, I would say, not really. Uh, well, one or two of them are, are kind of top-line guys, but they're just guys we haven't mentioned a lot. We talk about a lot of different names on the show. These are guys we haven't mentioned a lot. So I'm going to go around. I want you guys to tell me what you've seen from these guys, and let's give people kind of a an update on on a few lesser okay. known players or players that are not talked about as much. Let's start with the running back Jordan Chun. Mm-hmm. What are you guys hearing? Hearing, hearing, that, and seeing. Yeah, seeing uh, that he is actually um, getting was well, getting a lot more reps, but I, he seems like a guy that like he's the the biggest of the backs. And Absolutely. So, is that because of the number? No, um, he's a he's a he's a bulky guy. guy. Yeah, he's you know forty six can make you look really oh, big. Oh yeah, there's no doubt you know? about that. But but he's two hundred. I think he's two twenty two thirty. Oh, and and he's he's physical and he kind of he finishes runs like that. So I, he's made a big jump. I think from year one to year two, all in the practice squad last year. So, um, I like I said the other day, I think Jamez Olawali was supposed to be a kind of a fallback plan to be a uh, isolated runner in those situations. And I, I think Chun is getting those reps. And he's looked good doing them, too. Physical. Does it, is that a guy you think at this point has an opportunity to maybe make this team ever? Well, I know he's a guy that has been mentioned by Will McClay, Stephen Jones. They, they've they mentioned his name. And, and when you got this group of guys and other guys that were drafted, you know, the fact that you're being mentioned by those people means something because you tend to get lost in the group. And to me, yes, he's been taking advantage of his opportunities out here. But what what are you? No, saying? no, I, no. Keep going. I'm sorry. You're I was so gonna, rude. I was gonna, com- I was gonna compare him to a Hall of Famer. Actually, yeah. Okay. Do you know what? That's, that's do you good. know what Terrell Davis's like breakout moment was what? in his career? It was a special teams play. I don't remember exactly. Tokyo what it was. runs teams. down and just blasted some guy. Yeah. It, that's what he's going to have to do. He's built like a linebacker. Go down there and show you can contribute on that. Then you'll get opportunities to be in the game and maybe run and all that kind of stuff. But it's a good opportunity for him to actually go down and be like a special teams linebacker type guy. It's just hard. It's hard for me to envision that. Like <laughs> on a team, like if we assume Ezekiel Elliott will be here. How do you make the team? It, it It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's got to be special teams like Nick says, right? It, even, but even better, then, with these guys Weber that you got on here, well, Darius Jackson. So, so that's it. Be better than them. I think. I think Alfred Morris is the wrench in that plan. Like, and and you know, they they don't they're not tied to him. Like they have to keep him. But you're talking about a two-time Pro Bowler guy who's been here for a couple years. He is the only one on this team with Zeke not here who has any kind of extensive experience playing in the NFL. And I think if there's going to be a backup, as in, like, you know, your main back if Zeke isn't there, whether it's injury or holdout or whatever, I lean toward Alfred Morris. Um, and so he's going to have to be a lot better. It does – it is worth mentioning, like, Alfred Morris isn't a big special teams guy. So if if Chun or Weber can do a ton on special teams in addition to that, I guess it's possible. But I, I keep going back. The, the day they drafted Pollard and Weber, Stephen Jones was like, yeah, you know – be tough for Weber or any of those other guys to even get a jersey because Pollard can do this and we've got Jamaze who can do that. I was like, wow, thanks for telling me your your breakdown for participation here in yeah. in May, Stephen. So thinking about that, knowing how they want to use that, it's hard for me to imagine how I, any of those guys really makes it. I feel like it. the guy that brings Zeke to the, you know, like if he was Zeke were to sign or, you know, come to camp, I think the guy that drives him here is the guy that's driving Alfred Morris to, back to LAX. Yeah. No, and that's what I think. That's it's you shouldn't assume you should not assume Alfred Morris is going to make this team, but I yeah. I think we said it already and you can kind of hear the whispers like it left an impact on them what CJ Anderson did to them in the playoffs and I you know I think they see Alfred Morris in a similar vein I will also say this and you can take it as just kind of lip service but Jerry Jerry mentioned the fact that last year they were they were a little bit um, not dismayed but they they weren't very happy with the fact that they lost out on re-signing him last year and he ended up with the 49ers they see him as a guy that can be a nice number two a nice backup in the adventure guy gets hurt so so at least why? from what, at least from, no, I get it. But at least from what, and, and honestly, I think they always had plans that they were going to bring him in. 
I think it got to a point where yeah. he was going to go down there and think, sign with New Orleans, and I they were like, they "Oh, we can't, we got to wait, we can't wait on this." They got scared, right? And and I fig- I think they figured in camp, let's give these young guys more of an opportunity, but they didn't want to lose him, and that forced their hand. That also says to me they really want him on the team. Never rule out anything, but I think the deck is stacked against Darius Chun and Weber, yeah. just in terms of like, how do you justify this roster? Spot? I actually think coming into camp, I was thinking Darius had a good shot. I think he's probably the guy that I think has one of the worst shots because when you really think about it, like if if you're thinking Alfred Morris Morris is going to be your primary backup, obviously Pollard plays the role he does, then you probably think, hey, if we like what we're seeing from Chun or we like what we're seeing from Weber, we keep one of those guys as a younger back. It kind of pushes Darius out of the door. So I think he's the one that, that to me is in the most precarious situation. What has Alfred done so far here? Really not a lot. Not a lot. But – that's but by he doesn't I, have to. No, no, I yeah. get it. I get it. Yes, he's been here before two years, yeah. and he's shown all that. But I, I, I guess my expectations with him coming back in that we would be talking a little more about him, and yeah. you know, and well, I don't know. Here, well, Obviously, we're talking about the other guys, but let's. This is a thing, that, and you know, the NFL being a meritocracy, it's true. But there's a lot of myth in that too. And if you look at what Alfred Morris is doing, they're slowly ramping him up and easing him in because they know he doesn't they don't need to do that to him because they're like we got we got him like we can preserve him we want him on week 14 if if Zeke should go down huh are we seeing him in the preseason we'll see him yeah I definitely think he's gonna play at some point I think so yeah a little bit all right wide receiver Jalen Guyton Nick what have you seen from him um he has flashed a few things every now and, and, and again I I this isn't really fair because I kind of was told yesterday that he is not. I was told yesterday that when we did our receiver rankings, uh, we put him eighth out of eleven, and I was told we he was closer to eleven. So, you know, Who told you this. Somebody that knows more <laughs> than me about it and has watched him more. So I just thought, I just thought, well, I thought you know that this is a the guy they liked. So we we didn't. And again, though. We didn't rank them based off of what they're doing out here because Noah Brown rank is ranked fifth. We right. we rank them based off of where it. they are. So if and I still like it because if he goes out, Guyton has a 52-yard touchdown catch in the third quarter. We're going to be talking about him, and he jumps right back into the mix. So I, you know, I, he hasn't been as good as some of the others, but um, they like him, and he, he's a big guy that can run. So. I had to if my life was on the line and I needed somebody to run a go route and score a touchdown for me, he'd be among the guys out here, he'd be pretty close to the top of my list, maybe even the top. He's his speed is no joke, but he just doesn't look very polished. Usually yeah. when I watch the receivers, Sanjay Lal's usually yelling at him about something. So I very I think classic for an undrafted free agent rookie receiver. Like a lot of talent, not a lot of polish. You know, practice practice squad if yeah. great for him. I think he's yes, he's a fast guy, but so are all these other. Yeah, they receivers. got a lot of speed with those yeah, young guys. Yeah, they're speedy, but yeah. he's a guy I definitely, to be honest, I haven't seen him much. Like I don't notice too much from him. I, I notice him because I think it's Terrence Williams. Terrence, but even then, I actually like, think it's Terry Glenn. That's gonna take you back, but that's what I keep thinking when I see him because he kind of has that kind of build to me anyway. The way he looks when he's out there. But anyway, go ahead. He catches a ball forty yards downfield like once per practice, but yeah. that's like all he does. That's, right. Yeah. I so. guess I miss it every time <laughs> because I don't really see him much. All right, let's go on. Tight end Blake Jarwin. Sorry, I just thought of something when what? you said Terry Glenn. I was thinking about our list that we're working on with a. The top Maybe. players, yeah, we have yeah. Kelvin Martin at number eighty-three. Oh, we're definitely going to rethink that. Yeah, I think you might want to rethink, yeah, that, think you might rethink that. But it, by the way, Dave actually helped us with settle a debate yesterday. We were we're, oh. we're working on a project here. So who won? We could do a whole show on that. We, we really could, and actually, we, we will. We're working I, actually, on I'm waiting for you guys to finish the the thing and put it together, and then we will do a show. Because Dave on had that, a good really point. Good he said we should be filming this. It was Mickey and Brian. I thought and Dave. Mickey and Brian were going to fight each other. How's that any different players? Daily recurrence. Dave, Dave went to the, you know, sometimes like in uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you have to just poll the audience to help, you know. Yeah. 
and <laughs> 21. It was like, who's the best 21 in Cowboys history? And, I mean, I, I, I was kind of wondering why this was even a debate. But the fans came in and what, said. What did they say? Dion won in a landslide. Okay. And I was, I was like, I was like why are you guys even arguing this? Like, I didn't, Dion I wasn't. Sanders is I thought like Dion, Dion Sanders. As we stand right the now. The best cornerback in the history of the NFL. If you had him right on your now. team. We're going, we're going off the rails here, but there's yeah. just a subsect <laughs> of Cowboys fans who, like, don't think you counted unless you played 15 years here. No. Right. Dude, I don't he get was, it. He was – and anyway, we'll anyway, say that for the gonna, show. It's, gonna be, it's, it's fun, and it's really been a great uh, yeah. you know, project that we're working on. So I don't know when we're – we're going to roll it out pretty soon here. All right, tight end, Blake Jarwin. Talk I, thought you said, I thought you said Dalton Schultz in the pre-production meeting. I did. I said both. Okay, both. cool. Because I, I actually sent you – I showed you the list. Yeah, I, I, only saw, I only saw Dalton. I'm sorry. No, I want to talk about – and it's, as a matter of fact, if you want to just talk about both of them together, you can. Well, but I have both of them. I on guess the re- the reason I even say it, I just, Jarwin has been a pretty steady talking point here. Uh, he's, has he? I th- I think yeah. so. Okay, I mean, I think we're talk- that and and uh, I can hit them both in one thing is that you know I think a lot of people lump them together because they're both young. They're, they they kind of came in at the same time. They have similar builds and all that. They're Stop. both they're both white. Thank you, Nick. Um, <laughs> But Seriously. it's it's not. I don't view it as a competition, really. In ter- yeah. like it's they're I mean, both making the team. Well, of co- they're both making the team, and Jarwin is just very clearly to me a step or two or three above Schultz, just in terms of his all-around game. Yeah, he is always. Uh, Witten's ahead of him, but he is always the f- the first guy in when they do twelve personnel. He gets more run with the first team when Witten takes his vet day. Jarwin's the one. Um, he look he looks athletic. He had a really nice touchdown catch I've from been really Dak. Impressed with him. Uh, I am so excited at the amount of stuff they are doing in the seams. I feel like that has been something that has been lacking from the Cowboys offense forever. And Jarwin's doing it. Randall Cobb's doing it. Um, So he looks really good. Schultz, ironically, me and Brian were talking yesterday about how, like, he needs to develop as a receiver. And then he went out and caught a touchdown pass in 7-on-7, too. Um, He looks bigger and stronger. He looks a little more well-rounded. But I just think – the pecking order is pretty firmly established that he's three. Have you guys noticed anything with regards to those two guys and their their abilities to block? Because that was probably the biggest knock on the deep, on the tight end as a group last year. Have you seen anything from them that suggests that maybe they've improved in that area? I mean, it's really tough to, to see. There's just a couple of goal line periods and all that, but uh, you know the fact that they were they were out there in the goal line. I think I think we're going to see 13 personnel. Uh, quite a bit. I mean, I don't love it, but I, I, they love it. Yeah, they, they love, love it. it. Yeah. And so, they if, love if that happens, half a yard. If that happens, then then obviously <laughs> they'll have the confidence that that they can they can be blocking. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think Schultz is very similar to me as as a, a Jeff Swain, a guy that had a you know first year, he kind of got a little better, 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 and then by the you know third or fourth year, he's going to be, and he's supposed to be better than that. He's a fourth round pick, you know, from Stanford, so you should be able to pick it up quickly. Yeah. I he he looks better. I don't know what that means. I don't know what his role is going to be. I hope to God they don't run a lot of thirteen personnel. But he they does. He, I know. He sure, your artists. That's what they do. You're right. I just, that's I really beca- like jar. I mean, they're tight ends. They're big guys, but they're not like just you know they're not massive bulky dudes. I hope I hope Kellamore embraces the tight end as more of a receiving threat than a blocking one. But yeah. that might be wishful thinking. I'm uh, excited about Blake. If you care to know, he's having. Yeah, we're about to move yeah. on, but I if was you not. Care I was to about know, to say, nah, Amber, nah, what do you nah, think? Nah, 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 nah. I see you there. <laughs> no, but you know, it, starting from last year, uh-huh. actually, when Swain went out with the injury, and then they started giving Blake more opportunities. I think you started to see his growth, even by the end of mm-hmm. what was that last game where he actually shined a lot, where he was getting so many completions with Dak. Um, you saw that growth, and to me, every time you see growth, that's exciting. So going into this year, I think he he has taken advantage of that and really keeps showing it in camp. So I feel good about that position with him there now as far as making flashy play, plays all the time. I don't think that's necessarily going to be him, but he would be a guy that I think you can at least rely on on certain situations. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk about the starting offensive lineman that we've talked the least about here during training camp, Lyle Collins. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. 
Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the break from Oxnard, California. Uh, we're talking about uh, some players that you haven't heard a lot about on this show throughout training camp. It's a game we call Ta- Tell, me. <clears throat> Tell Me More. Uh, we've gone through a, uh, an extensive list so far. We're going to talk next about Lyle Collins. Shout out to the draft show real quick because all my draft show people know Tell Me More is our segment. But is it? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't it, know. It's not a, a super original idea. Did you trademark that? I didn't. I didn't oh. trademark it. And it's not it. yours. Right. It is not yours. Absolutely. All right, let's go with Lyle Collins. Talk to me about the uh, the offensive tackle. What has he uh, been doing out here? Uh, he uh, got beat by Dorrance Armstrong yesterday, and he came back and, and won the other Twice, two battles. Sir. I didn't know that until you said it on the show because yeah. I was kind of getting blocked by the whole team, so I didn't see that, that rep. But, uh, yeah. And he know. won impressively those other two times. It was kind of yeah. like, oh, is that what we're doing? Okay. I think Lyle Collins is victimized by the talent that he is surrounded by. Smart because Colombo is who he is. Although people forget he would have been a first-round pick. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No doubt. People forget that, I think. Ooh. But I think. Would what? he have been a bust? Not a bust. No. No chance. No way. Would he have been a disappointment? Probably. I don't think a disappointment. I think if he, he would have been kind of tenth overall. If he had been a top ten pick, yeah. his career to this point, you would probably consider him a disappointment. Really? He hasn't been to a Pro Bowl, and I mean, I mean, that's the standard can't around take here. The whole but Cowboys would he have offensive been? line, though. <laughs> I mean, Wait, you can't uh, take them all. I mean, there's something to be said for having the name cachet as a first round pick. I mean, yeah, that probably matters. I'm not trying to call Lyle Collins a disappointment no, anyway. My point is, Lyle Collins shares a line with two guys who will have good cases to make the Hall of Fame. Yes. And we have... we have One that I think is probably already close to being in. Zach? Yeah. Frederick? Yeah. I mean, just five well, years and three five guys, pros, really, depending like, on what Frederick does. That's amazing, you know? We've been, I've been watching, from the time I got here, Tyron Smith looked terrible the first time I got here because DeMarcus Ware just abused him for a summer. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been effortless dominance so like my idea of a left tackle is just this athletic super freak who it is amazing when he gets beaten so when you compare Lyell to that you're like oh he's not that good in reality he's pretty damn good he's just he's probably not gonna make it to the hall of fame that just is what it is but he is a I, he's a solid starter yeah he gets beaten he's he's definitely not perfect um but he is above average i mean most teams in the nfl other than like the eagles 
and the Chiefs would be thrilled to have him at right tackle. That's exactly right. And um, that's why I say I don't think he he's a disappointment. No. Like, his play is not a disappointment. He's no, not, he's, he's he's not is, played. He is an above-average right tackle, and I think right. he will be paid like one I agree. in the right. offseason. And, this is and worked, rightfully so. This has worked out well for him because of, of what happened, and he was able to, to you know join the Cowboys in a very talented line. But I, what I, my point is is that he was drafted that high – you, you don't play him at, obviously, you don't play him at right tackle. You play him at left tackle. And then would he have been able to, you know, that's where he might have been a disappointment a little bit. But maybe he flourishes, though. I was going to say, maybe maybe he's better at left tackle. Then Who again, knows? he's been a guard. He's been a ta- right tackle. He's been back and forth. I mean, what is he? If he I was know. drafted 10th overall, he would have a different body type than he has now. He would be a lot leaner. He would be playing on that left side to justify the $10, $20 million contract that he received. And I think he would probably be a better. I do wonder, though. I know the left tackle will always be important because it's the blind side of most NFL quarterbacks, but, like, it seems like that doesn't matter as much as it used to. I For the same that. reason, you know, h- half of the best ends in the league play left end now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, I'll never forget. In 17, like, poor Lyle. Like, his first season out there, he had to play Vaughn. He had to play Mac. He always has to play Kerrigan, which, by the way, he once told me. He was like, yeah, Mac's great. Um Max, awesome. Vaughn is tough. Like they're all really good, but the toughest guy I deal with year in year out is Kerrigan. That doesn't because surprise me. Kerrigan's he is a really good player. He's not, and he's like, yeah, he's really talented. He's really good, and he's relentless. Yeah, he like he stop. plays every rep of every game as though it's his last always, and it's a nightmare. And I was like, wow, I wouldn't have guessed that because you know Mac and Vaughn get all the headlines. Yeah. So it's hard over there, and I mean Lane Johnson at this point in his career is a better player than Jason Peters, yep. but. He plays right tackle because it's important too. So I don't know how much I buy that. But if Lyle Collins had been a first-round pick, his resume right now you would consider it disappointing. I mean, that's harsh, but I think it's true. Yeah, I I just think about how he's played. He's had some moments that have been not so great, but I think he's played pretty well in a lot of moments. So I I think from that being said, again, I wouldn't be disappointed. Now, is he he like on the level with those other guys? I would say this. If he was drafted 10th overall like Nick said – he probably is on another team, and he's probably the best offensive lineman on that team, which means that he probably, in my opinion, probably gets a different reputation because all offensive linemen are going to get beat from time to time. Sure. He has a different reputation, and maybe that gets into a Pro Again, Bowl, and so it's not the same thing. All I know is the Dallas Cowboys, and let's go back to 2010. The first-round pick is the leading touchdown receiver in team history. 2011 is the left five-time all-pro left tackle who might be going to the Hall of Fame. Okay, 12 wasn't so good. 13 is a perennial All-Pro. 14's going to the Hall of Fame. 15's an All-Pro. 17 in, or 16's an All-Pro. That you get my point. However, the standard here for a first-round pick is absurd. Up until last year, you couldn't say that about the cornerback, right? Sure. So, so my point is, like, you keep letting this thing develop. Sure, his career's not keep over. Keep letting this thing develop. Yeah. I think what we've seen so far, to me, is again not a disappointment. You want him to be a little bit better, but that's the nature no. of all these guys. You want him to get a little bit better every year. Not remotely disappointing. Yeah. And so you're pleased with with the position positions change. What yeah. do you mean? When they switch him well, to this yeah. position? I just ask the remember real question. When we Should he be? Are we gonna <laughs> sign him? Oh, oh no. I, I, <laughs> no, no, it's but not, but no, yeah, not because he's not can't good. Pay everybody. That's the problem. I, I, yeah. I the dude, the dude in New England, I, I keep going back to Trent Brown. Lyle Collins is just as good as Trent Brown, and Trent Brown got $70 million. They can't pay everybody. They can't afford line. him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I said this about Terrence Williams, and I was wrong, but Lyle Collins is a much better player than Terrence Williams at a much more important position. So I really don't think I'm going to be wrong this and time. And he deserves to get paid. If he plays this year like he's been playing, or even better, he's going to deserve to get mm-hmm. paid, and the Cowboys just can't pay everybody. And I, don't, I don't think. Maybe they can figure it out. I, I just don't think they can pay everybody. There are people who think that they should try to trade him to upgrade other parts because the offensive line is so talented, and I just think – I give think that's me the a, compensatory. I'll take that. No, give me the compensatory and give me the very, very good right tackle who can help me compete yep. this season because I don't I'm not ready exactly. to move Connor I'm Williams out there and deal with all that right I'm now. I'm with you. All right. Uh safety, Darian Thompson. What have you seen? Not much. But I'm that doesn't mean he hasn't been doing things. I just he doesn't he plays with the with the twos, right? Well, he start well at the beginning of camp. He was running with the ones while yeah. Xavier was out. Uh, but yeah, he's been running with the twos. Classic case, classic case of the guy that the coaching staff likes a lot more than us. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't like him, but we're like, well, yeah, what's he do? 
I feel pretty confident if you pulled Chris Richard or Keith O'Quinn aside, they'd be like, this guy's awesome. Like, he gets it. He does this. He does that. Uh, and that's it's the disconnect between, you know, we see a lot and we have informed opinions, but we don't really know, you know, in terms of, like, what they're asking these guys to do, how much, how many teams they can play on. Um, I feel good about his odds of making the team. I saw him make a nice play in coverage the other day, mm-hmm. and I think he can provide something on special teams. And the thing about the safety position, I think, out here, in a lot of ways what the coaches probably evaluate is different than what we see because sure. they're looking at – how often is he in the right place where he's supposed to be so that if it's a live game, he makes the play, right? Because you can't blow somebody up. You can't hit him. You can't necessarily make the tackle out here. But they're trying to see, is he is he making the right reads? Is he getting himself in the right position? Is he where he should be? And, and I think from the things I've kind of seen, I think they're probably pretty happy with that right now based upon what they've seen from him so far through camp. I thought John Kitna made a great point yesterday. He was talking to reporters. He was like, you know, I, the media is great. Like, y'all bring so many people to the game. You do this, you do that. But, like, in this day and age where y'all can break down every single throw Dak makes, like, you got people losing their minds about training camp throws where, you know, you don't know what we're telling them to do. Right. Like, we, the point might be to be doing something goofy to see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Like, we want to try this throw. Let's see yeah, how it works. You yeah. just don't this know. This is where you try it. That's- and so, it, like I said, we can learn a lot with how much we're out here, but we'll never know the whole story. That's why I remember a preseason game a few years back. I mean, several years, Parcells was here, and it was like third and four or third and five from the 35-yard line, and they ran the ball right up the middle, and it was just like a one- or two-yard game. And it was like, what was that? And, and Parcells later said, he was like, I, I don't care about them getting the first down. I want to see if Billy Cundiff can make a 51-yard field goal. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see if, if we get down and score. The, I've seen all that. I want to see him kick a 51-yard field goal. Yep. So I, I, I made a, a 51-yard field goal. Yep. You know, And so it's things like, like you're yeah. saying, I mean, he, goes, he, he, he also said things like, you know, like we, we don't need um, – we don't need to see Dak, you know, like you need to see him. You're trying to compare him to game situations. And we, you know, like you said, we, we, we want him throwing the ball over here to create this and that. So, Amber, you think Darian Thompson has a legitimate shot to make this team at safety? I was about to ask you guys, what what is his experience again? He's actually – he's a pretty hefty draft pick. Like, I want to say he was a second well, or by third the Giants, by right? the New York Giants. Yeah, it was – what it was, year was three that? or four years ago at this point. Like he's he kicked around. He act, like he actually had a season as a as a starter. Like he started a lot of games for them. His either rookie or second year. Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up on. So knowing that, I mean, shouldn't he be a little further along as far as the way he's playing? He was also let go by the Giants, right? 2016 draft pick. Yeah, I mean he. I think so. I mean, uh, he was a high draft pick, but, I mean. 71st, 71st overall pick, third round, New York Giants, 16. Started all 16 games in 17. Uh, didn't do anything particularly special, and they let him go after that. So, yeah, disappointing stint with them. Obviously has the talent to be a top 100 pick. I, I don't know. Draft I mean, to the head of Dak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my only hope is in Chris Richard and what he can do. We always talk about him, and he's proven to be a great coach, and he's proven that he can develop guys. So I'm just hoping Chris Richard is able to help out these safeties to get to where they need to be to be ready yeah. for the season yeah. and see who who makes it out. Yeah, I, I just I think they I think they like Darian Thompson. I think he's a I guy that you should keep your eye on. I think he's a guy that makes this team. And I think they actually really like him. So we'll see. Um, let's turn to the final guy on the list. Uh, let's start with you, Amber. What do you think about punter Chris Jones? What has he done out here? <laughs> you know what? It, it's funny. Well, not really. But I feel <laughs> that after Dan Bailey left, a part of him kind of left too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, okay. No, like I see where you're no, going with Honestly, that. the reason why I laugh like is that? because I kind of – thought the same thing like I was like oh, really? he seems to have been better when Dan was Dan here, Bailey than he was was here. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting Dan's departure took away some I don't know I don't know <laughs> took but <his> soul. <laughs> took something away that's his buddy but um no we we saw a little decline last year and I know he's a guy you've talked about a lot Dave and and you've praised him a lot and that is a, a position that me personally, I don't necessarily 
notice that much or pay that much attention to until last year when I started noticing those changes. I'm like, oh, okay, something seems a little off here. So right now, what I've seen so far, I mean, I don't really know how to feel. I, I, I'm ready for a real game to see how it plays out. But as of right now, I really don't necessarily have a full evaluation on him. I'll tell you this. It is a hard position to evaluate from field level. That's one thing I've learned is that's, that's true. he's standing back there. He booms the kick. And, I mean, they, I mean, unless it's a terrible shank, which he's maybe had one shank this whole time, you're just like, well, I think that went about 40 yards, but I don't really have the the, the level of sight to – tell exactly what the yardage was unless he just kicks the bejesus out of it which he's done which he's done that a few he times. has done that a couple times yeah. where like reggie davis is on the 20 and all of a sudden he's running back to the goal line he's done that two or three times yesterday he had a really nice one it was like vintage chris jones it bounced on like the eight and just bounced right out of bounds i was like yeah. yes do yeah, that every chris. time yeah. um yeah i mean i was driving that train i he should have made the pro bowl in 2016 yeah uh, last year was it was a dip. He he didn't down as many punts inside the twenty. He gave up way more. I mean, in I think it was sixteen that he gave up like eight return yards the entire season. It was incredible. It's something crazy, yeah. Um, and that just wasn't the case last year. So he he looks fine. It's hard to gauge when you're standing on the field like that, but he looks he looks solid, I guess. What are you seeing? His big well, like they said, it's really tough to see that right now. And and it what's tricky about punters is that you've got about a four-yard window of having a good punt or a bad punt. If you're at the midfield, and those are the critical ones, is the midfield punt. It's like, you know what, we could go for it or we need to pin them back. You need to get the ball about the eight or nine-yard line. And that's where the returner's like, I better fair catch this. But if it goes to the five, they're going to let it go and it probably will bounce in. If it goes a little bit shorter then you're catching it at the 11 or 12, you may return it. And it's not really pinning them back so much. So it's a very – it's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, with that, that knuckleball kick, it needs to go at like the 8 or 9-yard line every time. Just fair catch it, catch it at the 8 or 9. And now we're talking about a different set of plays that the offense calls. So it's an important position. I don't think he did it as well as he, he did last year, So as he has in previous years. So maybe that's that's something that they're working on. But also, let's not forget, I know it, people think it's nothing, but he's, he's a really good holder. He, and, and that's important. Mm -hmm. The whole with, operation. Yeah, the Jason whole calls thing. It, it all matters. Understanding yeah. it, where LP is going to bring it, how to put it down. Uh, we've never really seen any issues there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's ever been any issues holding in any NFL you know, game for the Cowboys. Have <laughs> they ever had? Why do you have to bring that up? It happens <laughs> from time to time. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow on normal time. Uh, sorry we had a little late start today. We'll be back on time tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hillman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!